0: I I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh, uh, this shit is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This shit is Trump T-R-U-M-P-A-N-A-N-A-S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. And we're back. It's been a
1: while. We it's took while. the week off for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. after our live show in Atlanta. And can I tell you, my ass is still not completely unpacked. <laughs> it's like I did a lot. I did do a lot of it. But my, my suitcase is still there. It's still there. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: still there.
1: It, what happens is I then start throwing. We've been pretty busy since we got back. Mm-hmm like just it's the it's the holiday season which I loathe yes and that means lots and lots of social functions mm-hmm. lots of fucking up and missing social social functions <laughs> flaking <laughs> letting people down uh-huh, uh-huh. being angry and resentful when we do make it places mm-hmm. being always tired mm-hmm. so in that merry-go-round of functions I've now started throwing the outfit I wore to the function into the suitcase as part of a new thing that needs to be now unpacked or oh, packed away or oh, washed. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's just become a, a, a home ground for everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's funny is that when we got back from Atlanta, I guess the following weekend I, cause I had my bags. I couldn't, I didn't, there was no time to do anything. So I did have a day of Five loads of laundry and cleaning and doing all that, so I was able to do that. So I feel you, but I mean, I know what it's like to have the bag out and you can't move it and you can't get anything done because there's no time, and then you start throwing other things on it, and yeah. then other piles are happening. Yeah. Now I've got a pile over here and a pile over there, and now I'm just sort of like, fuck it, I'm a hoarder, I live and in I don't piles. care. I live in pile I'll start once I cross the Rubicon of. Like, there's something that happens where I'm pretty clean, though I'm messy. I'm, I'm, I, I will lean in to, to, to being a dirt bag.
1: Yeah, like I live at 321 Piles. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And the piles are now collecting dust. And
0: I'm just going to let, I'm just going to let everything go. What do I care? I
1: do want to know, did you, what did you do? So we took a, a small... We have matching luggage, <laughs> mm-hmm. of course, and we take one of our small suitcases, our carry-ons that we don't carry on because we check it all like players right. do. Yes, We're not trying to handle and we're not trying to jockey for fucking overhead. Oof, no. It's just not happening. It's not Ugh. happening. Now, we so we took a small carry-on that we checked that was filled with our T-shirt. Ah, uh, yes. That
0: is now, you, that is in the garage, unpacked.
1: You unpacked it. I'm sorry. Packed. Con- still packed. Yeah yeah that's yeah yeah still packed yeah. okay that's for me to do uh, yeah. yeah 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 no I so can't now be I have doing two that two suitcases I have yet to unpack yeah
0: because that's about folding and putting right. things away nicely and I can't be left to no. my devices with that
1: as, as, so I'm glad that you made the right choice there and I also need to know I'm sure uh, on that note there are people who have ordered t-shirts from our website that I'm hoping were a gift for someone for Thanksgiving because they didn't give. <laughs> so yes. hopefully it's for those, are yeah. those are on the way <laughs> those are on the that. way I will get to that
0: Those are on the way.
1: Now, we want to thank Ken Hood, Mm -hmm. okay, for giving his important gay feelings Mm -hmm. on the Rittenhouse verdict. Yes. Which is even... And Ken, I want you to know, um, Ken was like, as as we all do, got like slightly insecure right afterward. Like, was that horrendous? And I'm like, I feel you, Ken. Every single week, this is what I go through. But (laughs) it wasn't. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. And I want Ken to know that I... I thought about it a ton right after he did it. Cause I mm-hmm. thought it was pretty profound, but now after this shooting at that school in Detroit, it's there's there's, it really makes Ken's gay feelings about, you know, a certain portion of society that's just g- getting lost and discarded. Right. R- even more relevant and profound to me anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think um, he did a great job. He did. You know, it's hard to find
0: compassion for garbage. You it know is. what I mean? It's very hard. And I think that that's an important. Any religious person of any religion should know and should get into that.
1: They should be the ones doing it. They should we be shouldn't the ones have doing to.
0: It. No. Religious uh, people should have to do it. I don't it. want to have
1: to do it. No. I need to continue hating men. I didn't even look at it like, though he was being compassionate, I looked at it like there needs to be, we need to put a system in place to right. help these lost people that are going the basically incels is what it is. White, lame ass, loser incels. Right. Who are who are turning violent. Well, and then it's you gotta go and this is the system of
0: abuse and system of neglect and the parents are neglecting and they're abusing and then they're garbage and they're abused and what do you I mean it's just like the of cyst- the cyclical system of the abuse. It just but, never fucking ends.
1: Well we need to create a pathway forward for abused, unfortunate looking incels that can't have (laughs) sex with no one will touch them with a 10 foot pole who then get a gun and turn violent. Right. Once somebody reports them, Mm -hmm. people knew, I'm sure that Kyle Rittenhouse was headed to go do that shit. Yeah, they did. You know what I mean? So it's like, if somebody reports this kind of behavior, there's gotta be something, some, some pathway made to like stop these people from doing what they do. It's senseless killing. People lose their lives. And then, I don't know what it is, but I know that yeah. Ken got me thinking about it and I really like appreciated his gay feelings on the matter. I
0: appreciated his gay feelings too. Uh very much so. So I really thank did. you, Ken. Yeah.
1: And um Landon came out, sang the opening song. Oh, it's our so really so- oh. It gives Landon Julie's obsessed. I'm sure we've been talking about it nonstop on our page. Anyone who listens to our Patreon podcast right now is like, I roll, I roll. We've heard it already. It's just so soothing that voice. Well, Landon and Leah and Greer Landon brought a gift for us Mm -hmm. um, from the sisters, the Yarbrough sisters who um, Greer and Leah couldn't be there. So it was Landon solo with her maybe conservative boyfriend. Maybe maybe he is. Don't remember his name. Yeah, yeah, Didn't I, get to meet him. Uh, I did and he and I was like, "Thank you for coming." <laughs> I loved Landon for making her little, you know, Georgia conservative boyfriend come on down to the show. Mm-hmm. He was perfectly nice. He said he had a good time. Good. And she got to see her sing and her sexy little oh, ass. Oh, yes. Good. Well, that, I'm sure that was a great night for them. <laughs> Dears, Julie and Brandy, sorry we couldn't
0: all three be here to support you. Hopefully these treats make up for it. We hope this holiday season brings you money, more listeners, and a chance encounter with Trisha Paytas. XO, Greer, Leah, and Landon, a.k.a. The Yarborough Sisters. Thank you. From your lips to I God's mean, God, ears. God, everything in
1: here, I think, I feel so seen. Well... I want to say, Landon, and I know we already said this on the Patreon, but I'm going to say it again here. Julie Lang sent I don't I'm sure going on probably $900 <laughs> to uh, to a smattering of people to buy us shots. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the night, after the after the the meet and greet was done, we were in there, and they're like setting up for this fucking trapeze show. Yes. After our show. Yeah. And there's like a table full of shots. Yeah, all different kinds: <laughs> yes. tequila, whiskey, mm-hmm. Fireball, mm. and it was like, and I was drinking. Mm-hmm. I th- was I drinking vodka soda? I had already got on whiskey at that point. Oh, I can't even remember my I'm cocktail. Sure. I got you a vodka Red Bull. Uh huh. So I don't think there was a vodka shot on the table. And listen, I don't need, and I don't need anyone's notes. I will do a vodka shot. I'm, I'm here for the vodka mm-hmm. too. I'll do any shot. Very shop. Russian of you. Yeah, it, it is. It is very Scandinavian. <laughs> yeah. My favorite vodka is from Sweden, and mm-hmm. that is. absolute yeah (laughs) so there's a table a a fairly large table full of shots basically from i'm gonna assume julie lang and i did not let us leave without drinking every shot and you were real bitter and i was like do it bitch now and we just stood there and we drank every drink until Mm -hmm, they were gone mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then we went back to the room and opened up Landon, Leah, and Greer's gift, and it was all fucking like cheeses. It was perfect. Oh my god. it was a it was a beautiful gift bag filled with with grocery store snacks. yep. And we ate them all. And then while we're sitting there eating, we ate an entire box of cheeses. We were eating nerds, <laughs> Reese's pieces. And then I'm like, and all I'm thinking in my mind is, I just wish I had a drink. And I look in the bag and there's fireball in the bag, and I'm like, Yes. <laughs> and then I just sat there and drank all the fireball, <laughs> all the fireball before we went out mm-hmm. to swinging Richard. So it was a, such a perfect gift and perfect for that night. Now, Tracy and Jen woolen now. Okay. They sent us a picture for the drug done bulletin board that we got the day before we left for the live show. Now this is like going on like two weeks ago now, I guess, even though I'm still out mm-hmm. but ironically, they were the first people we met. In line at the meet and greet, because, you know, these lesbos got right in line, <laughs> right at the front. They knew how to work the system. Mm-hmm. Absolutely the nicest fucking people. And we recognized them. Yes. Because of the postcard. That's The correct. system <laughs> works. The system works. The system is in place. Our drug dumb bulletin board exists. One, for a backdrop when we do our celebrity interviews. <laughs> Two, so that when we do live shows. We recognize you and feel like we know you. And it worked perfectly. They have their little daughter, Sawyer. Mm-hmm. We completely remembered the postcard. Yep. And it was so nice to meet them yep. and to prove that the system fucking works. <laughs> Dear Julie and Brandy, my
0: wife, Jen, and I are so excited to see you guys in Atlanta. We are fans from back in the people's couch and Big Gay Sketch Show days. These are a few pictures from our most recent family photo session with our daughter Sawyer. As you can see, one is formal and one is silly, which is how we normally are. Thank you so much for all the work you put into the podcast. It brings so much joy to our lives. Lots of love. Tracy and Jen Woolen.
1: Mm. So sweet, right? They're a little family and it's like they don't look like they would enjoy no, our they seem trash. way too smart for our podcast. <laughs> yeah, they really do. And just classy and all of it. So <laughs> I'm like really, really <laughs> grateful for them. I don't know. It just touch, it, They just touched my heart. Yeah. Now, Aloft Olive. Yes. Might be Aloft. Aloft? Aloft Olive. Oh, <laughs> <Huh>? Aloft Olive. <laughs> and Justin, ma'am, gave us th- this piece of art. Yeah. Wow. Just wow. Now... I'm not going to say that it was easy to get home (laughs) on my mangled up feet. I have wore the highest heels. My feet were hamburger meat at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. Then we get, I binge drank us all into oblivion. Then we went to a drag show on Sunday where we got there late. Mm -hmm. I wore sunglasses the entire time indoors in a place with no windows where we drank approximately twenty-two <laughs> mimosas each. Left early. Went straight to the airport carrying the radio, which is basically a Google Home. It's, it's the most beautiful. It's a nineteen forties looking sort of radio,
0: old timey radio that's been bejeweled. That's on top of a Google Home, so it really is like so you can re- we can really use it. You can we can really use it, and also it looks like an antique. It looks like a piece of art. And an antique, which is fucking amazing. Yeah,
1: it's definitely giving you very Mad Men set vibes. Uh, Yeah. Right. Right. It's so cool. Right. It's so heavy. Yeah. A loft. It's so heavy. And but we were we were. We took it on the plane we were we not leaving that and then that was the first thing we lugged all the shit inside your place mm-hmm. i quickly fucking got rid of all these annoying video games mamau had in the middle of her mm-hmm. like thing her tv sits on i was like this little beauty is going right here it looks great and it just inspired me i bought this expensive blanket to toss over your oh, chair yeah. i'm right. like feeling i'm like i'm doing i'm do- I'm basing I'm... the whole room now and <laughs> in, in mamau's <laughs> living room around that piece of art it yeah is, it's so fucking cool. So yeah. perfect for it's so like unisex, you know? Yes. Yes. It's a piece of art. I love it. It's great. Really, really like we love it. And you, and they have an Airbnb. Where was it? Fort Lauderdale? No, somewhere in Florida that has is all tricked out in that art that oh. I think like everybody should go check out, even though I'm not really doing it justice. Cause I thought it was in Fort Lauderdale. Well, try to find, <laughs> try to find the Airbnb. Last but not least. Jen Janikowski, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. Jen. So cool. Yeah. First of all, she, she brought her her eighty year old mother. <laughs> yes. Who we were whopping yeah. out uh-huh. for for Jen's mom, <laughs> Yeah. like, and and Jen was hilarious. Yep. We were so thrilled to have like uh, this sexy eighty year old. Oh my it. god, she was great. She already in the in the few minutes of meeting her in the meet and greet had these amazing stories and we want, we're literally going to have Jen's mother on the podcast. Like we are, we are absolutely going to have her on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Jen don't, don't even try and get out of it. We've already, we've already organized it. We organized it there in line. (laughs) She's such an interesting, interesting woman. Jen was like, like making me laugh, (laughs) talking about them driving and just, you know, you know how it is when you get on that road trip with your mom. It's so sweet. They took a road trip to come to the show. Really sweet. Just and Jen gate brought us this bag of treats that had an Elizabeth Warren coloring book, Elizabeth Warren action action figure, a fitness taco t shirt, and <laughs> I'm an IBS warrior t shirt. Yeah. The stress pig.
0: Love the stress pig.
1: And I was so drunk. I was uh. like, Jen, I was like looking at the pig and I was like, How'd she find this stress <laughs> pig? And Mamma was like getting ready to go to Swing Richards and she's like, I think she just wrote that on there and I was like, Oh. Cause it looks like it was like it looks like real, and I'm like thought she yeah. found that somewhere. Yeah, and don't forget like, like *Lick a Lot of Puss*.
0: The best <laughs> book that's ever been written. We
1: immediately what wrote. a wonderful, yeah. wonderful
0: children's book.
1: It's a great book. It was a great <laughs> care package, yeah. and now we're all gonna get the treat of Jen's 80 year old mom that that she will not be. If we need to
0: have her on. She was the only woman
1: working in a factory.
0: I mean, we need to talk in, to this in woman. In Detroit, in a car Amazing. factory.
1: Amazing. If we do nothing else with this podcast, we will take Jen's mom to the streets.
0: Yes. We now interrupt our regularly scheduled JoJo and Kiki because it has just come to our attention that Trump Republicans are low-key terrorists.
2: So, we must ask ourselves... What is the dictionary definition of terrorism? The systematic use of terror, especially as a means of coercion.
0: Like the first time we debuted this segment three weeks ago, we were originally going to label these stories as douchecapades. But Republicans have become so unbelievably historically awful and verbally violent that calling their actions douchecapades really doesn't cover it. Usually when we do douchecapades, we're talking about losers who die standing in line on Mount Everest, or Devin Nunes suing Twitter because someone impersonated his cow.
1: Yes, the shit that Republicans have been doing is so heinous that calling them douches is really just an insult to the entire (laughs) vaginal and anal care industry. Instead, we had to go Mm. back and resurrect our new segment dedicated just to the topic of Republican terrorism, because it's clearly not going away. Mm. We are either going to have to have a full-on civil war, or someone big is going to have to get assassinated, which will cause a huge overhaul of the useless and rotted Mm. FBI, and then all of the violent verbal harassment coming from the MAGA assholes and all of the shit-stirring rhetoric coming from the Trump Republicans will finally stop.
0: Exactly. The FBI will have no choice but to start doing their job if someone important dies. That's the reason January 6th shit is going nowhere because no one in government actually got attacked or murdered. So now, the corrupt FBI gets to just sit there and keep their jobs, as if they didn't literally allow that attack on the Capitol. And they're turning a blind eye every single day to the hundreds of verbally recorded threats of violence against public officials, the thousands of social media posts threatening violence to anyone and everyone that doesn't agree with them, and to the literal violence happening everywhere, including but not limited to schools, music festivals, streets, parks, city council meetings, and Black Lives Matter rallies.
1: Yeah, and you know what that is? Fucking terrorism. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but it is. For those of you who fast-forwarded the intro song to the segment, (laughs) here is the Webster's Dictionary definition of a terrorist, quote, Someone who advocates or employs the systematic use of terror, especially as a means of coercion. Mm. Leaving a voicemail for an elected member of the US Congress and telling her that she's a Muslim bitch and a traitor and is gonna end up dead (laughs) is literally the goddamn definition of (laughs) terrorism. And the people that are doing this are not off in some cave hoarding machine guns and drawing plans on a rock. They live next door to you. You sat across from them at Thanksgiving. (laughs) They're everywhere
0: everywhere and they go all the way up to the highest level of government and that's the fucking problem the culty QAnon trump supporting white supremacists in congress spread their violent rhetoric through fox news and facebook and it trickles down to all the geriatric white grievance dementia dudes the horny hard-up forgotten housewives and all of their disgusting incel sons And these people go out and do the dirty work, but it all starts at the top. And this week, the top comes in the form of a disgusting congresswoman from Colorado named Lauren (laughs) Boebert. This dumb bitch thinks it's not only acceptable, but downright hilarious to make a joke calling Muslim members of Congress the Jihad Squad. And then go on and repeat it 19 more times like she's a shitty comedian at open fucking mic night.
1: Joined by Ilhan Omar. <laughs> well, it was
0: just us three
1: in there, and I looked over and I said, "Well, look at theirs—the jihad squad." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just in case uh-huh. you didn't hear. That was Congresswoman Lauren Boebert recounting the story of seeing Muslim Congresswoman Ilhan Omar in the elevator at the Capitol and calling her the jihad squad. And then reassuring the crowd of Ritzcracker cunts at her fucking fundraiser (laughs) that it was all good because Ilhan Omar wasn't wearing a backpack and didn't take it off and leave it anywhere.
0: And she's done that exact same bigoted bit at several different fundraisers. And it works like a charm bringing in the racist cash And then, per their master plan, someone in the crowd tapes the story on their phone, posts it on Facebook and YouTube, and it gets shared 900 billion times to the exact perfect audience of xenophobes and Islamophobes and racists who see it and get enraged. And that's how the cycle of inciting violence works. And the violence is terrorism, period. And every time one of these Republican assholes, including Trump, uses hate speech like this in a fundraiser, inevitably, all of the Democrats on the other end of the hate speech get death threats.
1: It happens to Nancy Pelosi and the top Democrats in Congress, and it goes all the way down the line to school board members in small towns that they disagree with, which we talked about in the last time we did. Republicans are low-key terrorists. (laughs) And it is Republicans. It's not Democrats. Democrats are hypocrites, and they're virtue (laughs) signalers, and they're fucking annoying, and they're self-aggrandizing and a million things. But they don't call up School board members threatening to rape their wives and children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's fucking terrorism.
0: Uh, I, to stand in front of these fundraisers like it's comedy, like you're being, you're not being mean, you're not being violent, you're being funny, you're being like they're the, Repu- the, it's the Republican mastery. Yeah. The master racery is to pretend that you're not doing something that you're doing. That's their cornerstone.
1: Yeah, and I feel like Trump invented it. Do it in plain sight. Nobody can say shit.
0: And do it with a smile on your face and do it like it's a joke.
1: What if that exact story was written in a a private email
0: that somebody hacked?
1: It would be taken so differently than her up there. Like you said, I'm just making a joke. I'm just making a joke. Trump invented it. He's just constantly joking, and it's hate speech, hate speech. But if it were to be just printed and sent secretly, now they're in trouble.
0: Chris Cuomo gets fired. For helping his brother whatever you think about it, whatever you might think about it, there's no hate speech there's nope. no violence, there's no inciting and everything he did was legal. Meanwhile this cunt stands in front of 9,000 different audiences and so does Michael Flynn and Steve Bannon and Stephen Miller and Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. and Donald Trump Jr.'s fucking cum guzzling <laughs> girlfriend whatever her cam, never remember her yeah. name.
1: Kimberly Guilfoyle Kimberly
0: and Lara Trump and even Sarah Huck, every single one and every Republican member of Congress who is still a Republican, they're all doing it.
1: Here is one voicemail of many, by the way, that Ilhan Omar got after Lauren Boebert told this story of the elevator. This is like just an example of what Ilhan Omar has to deal with after this dumb bitch goes and stands in front of all these MAGA maggots.
2: Come get We know what you are. You're a f- traitor. You will not live much longer. B- I can almost guarantee you that.
1: You're a Muslim piece piece of shit. You jihadist. We know what you are. You're a fucking traitor. You will not live much longer, bitch. I can almost guarantee you that. That's fucking terrorism. I'm that sorry. That is that
0: is terrorism. A grown man. A grown motherfucking man played on the phone to a little woman what you what are you scared and at the end of the day look I get I understand I understand people have fear they're ignorant you don't know you saw 9-11 now you think all Muslims are like that you see I don't even know I don't know I guess Jews all run the media whatever it is that you think (laughs) is going on and whatever you think about gays is actually true. They will fuck your fucking asshole and your fucking face. So you are afraid of that because that's what you do to women and you couldn't possibly imagine it being done to you and they'll fuck your wife and they'll they'll fuck your wife So and you can't deal with that. You can't your fear of that is so great you are so threatened that you can't even stand to be alive so you're a grown man calling a woman who's doing nothing but being a servant for this country and saying that you're going to kill her Uh, It's it's it it, honestly you 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 it it it's beyond the pale it's there's not even any words there's no we've for the last four or five years now we've been trying to dissect and analyze and figure out how we're going to move forward and these thin and Trump and these people and QAnon and it's crazy and at this point it's just like we're living it living it we're living with it like we have to live with COVID we literally have to live with this like we have to live with COVID COVID's here you can wear a mask but you still might get it. Even if you're vaccinated and that is what these people are they are a fucking virus an infection that we have to live with and we can try and thin the herd we can try and like use medicine we can try our best but at the end of the day they are not going away so we need to figure out how the fuck we're going to. um
1: Eradicate them. (laughs) and the only thing there is to say is Republicans are low key terrorists. Okay, now
0: we get to hang out with a Millennial Influencer and talk some shit.
1: I do whatever the fuck I want. That's how I got famous, talking shit. And I'ma keep talking shit. I'ma keep talking shit till that day I die, bitch. Matter of fact, I'ma record something. So when I'm dead and I'm in a casket, I'm going to be on a fucking radio talking shit like, yeah, at my funeral, let me tell you about these motherfuckers.
0: Okay, this is our segment called Talking Shit, where we hang out with comedians, activists, and influencers, And talk shit about important current events. Why? Because talking shit is fun. Influencers are influential and Forever 21 is beyond fucking bananas.
1: Beyond, which is why we are so excited for our guest today. Not only is he a huge YouTube personality and prolific LGBTQ philanthropist, he's also a best-selling author who's on his third book, Third Despite the fact that he's basically an embryo who shouldn't even have learned the fucking alphabet yet. <laughs> That's right. So without
0: further fucking ado, it's time for us to talk some shit with the beloved gay baby and YouTube star, Connor Franta. Hey, hey Connor. Connor.
2: That's what they call me, an embryo with no pulse. That's
0: me. <laughs> dun, dun, dun Okay. Dun, 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 dun.
2: How's, it, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Of course. Oh, my God.
0: Thanks for, ha- thanks for being here. Okay, so before we get down to the shit-talking. Tell our 14 listeners how you became the young LGBTQ influencer that you are today.
2: I started on YouTube around a decade ago, well before it was cool, well before it was popular, <laughs> well before it was an acceptable uh, form of income or career. I don't even know if it's that way now. But uh, in in the time I was in the Midwest, I was a mm. closeted young guy. Uh, Secretly gay boy, and along my journey of of my YouTube career, I also found myself came out online and and started a whole new journey and career and uh, and and path that I walked down where I uh, also added gay to the repertoire. So uh, it's been a, it's been a long journey. Uh, it's been actually seven years in just a couple of days that I came out online. So it's 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 wild.
0: Yeah, I bet that's
1: crazy. When you
0: came out. Was it something specific, obviously, or had you known that you were gay the whole time? This is just out of uh, from gay to gay. What was your gay? You know what I mean? Were you I like... came out as <laughs> I came
2: out as gay, um, but I honestly, at the time, it was more of I didn't even know a lot about the community. I just I th- I just thought that that was like my only option in a weird way, and I was like, I'm just going to say that, and then from there, I in a weird way learned more about the community mm. and learned the depths of it. So it was, in a way, it was almost, not that it, not that my identities necessarily changed, but it was like, I didn't know a whole lot about what it meant to be gay. I just assumed that that's what I was.
1: It meant you like dicks. <laughs> that's
2: one thing you do. You knew yeah, that Yeah, I mean, for sure. that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. <laughs> like, when
0: you're a little kid in the Midwest where you're like, you know, I know I would watch movies and be like, I wish I was Tom Hanks and not <laughs> the lady. You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: Oh for sure. No, I used to I would just watch people be like, I wanna be their friend. I wanna be as close to them as possible. I wish we were so close all the time.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: And have no idea. Yeah. Just oblivious. Yeah. So
1: where do you fall on the political spectrum? Do you identify as a Republican or a Democrat?
2: Do you I'm a social I'm a socialist. (laughs) No, I'm a uh, I'm a Democrat, for sure. <laughs> Incredibly liberal man. That's me.
1: And are you politically invested? Like, do you pay attention? Uh, do you vote? Deeply, yeah. Oh, okay.
2: Yep. Voting in every election, deeply invested, using my platform uh, to amplify as many messages as possible, all the time.
1: So you do <laughs> talk about politics on, like, with the content you create? You don't avoid it? For sure.
2: I used to avoid it, um, well, you know, just on the verge of, of Trump era, and then at that point I, I found... I realize myself that I was like, oh, no, um, this is not something you can avoid. This affects the livelihood of everyone. And it's weird that we don't talk about it. And it's weird that we feel like we can't Mm -hmm. we can't talk about the lane that we're in. And I started, uh, I guess, addressing that in my own way and and realized that that was ridiculous to feel like i couldn't talk about what i believed in
1: yeah exactly yeah. exactly it was also easy to avoid it during obama we could all just be like oh it's fine it's all just <laughs> being taken care of we don't need to pay you know we can watch bravo all day mm-hmm. and that's what we did we were much happier honestly i wish it would go back to that i know where we could just sad. just bury our head back in the sand so sad so you're from minnesota <laughs> so is your family is your family conservative or are they liberal
2: no, my uh, direct family, everyone's liberal. Um, but it w- it was definitely something that changed over the years. Not that we were ever like a heavily conservative family, but I did grow up going to church every Sunday. So that kind of tells the story
1: okay. for mm-hmm. you as yeah. it is.
2: But, but after I came out, it was kind of a, a tipping point and a turning point for my entire family to start seeing the world for what it actually is and not for what your neighbors in your small neighborhood represent. Mm-hmm.
1: Just the gays turning America blue, one gay at a time. You know? It's
2: a part of our agenda. You yeah.
1: Know. It's the gay agenda. Yeah. That's and what it is. It's real.
0: The gay agenda is real.
1: Okay. Let's talk shit about um, the Rona. Okay. <laughs> hide your kids, hide your wives, because there's a new variant out there called Omicron.
2: <laughs> Omicron. Omicron. Oh, I
1: mean, I thought Omega was the O and the Alpha. We literally, I'm like, I was in a sorority. I'm like, Omicron, where are we getting this? But apparently it's also a variant of Omega. Yeah. Okay. Apparently. Right. Okay. Great. So what is your hot take on the never ending COVID
2: struggle? It's, it's just, it's never ending, isn't it? (laughs) It's like, once you feel like you, you kind of understand the world in which we're in, even if it's completely shattering, even if there's like the Delta variant, everything, it's like, okay, we finally got a grip on that. Another one (laughs) smacks you right in the face. You know, like it's, it's it's endless and also you would think the stupidity would run out like at certain points i'm like you know people are being a little less stupid now it seems like people are getting a little more savvy or being a little more quiet nope then some idiot i watched some clip from fox news or some idiot in my hometown post on facebook god forbid i'm on there um <laughs> and i'm like oh no everyone's still so thick in the skull it's annoying
1: where do you th- stand on the vaccine like do you think it should be mandated do you think feel like people should be even getting boosters
2: it's so tough isn't it because like i obviously understand the the whole issue of like you can't force people to do certain things and that's a slippery slope but you know for most case this is such a, a unique case that we haven't in history in and in at least a long time been faced with if not ever So, you know, unique circumstances call for unique uh, mandates in this case. So do I think that you should force everyone to get vaccinated altogether? I don't know. But do I think there's consequences for not getting vaccinated and and trying to live your quote unquote normal life? Yes, 100 (laughs) percent. You know, like kids can't go to school if they don't have a certain list of vaccines. You can't smoke in certain restaurants. You can't drive without a seatbelt. It's like people are acting like this is a new thing, but it's not.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you avoid it on your channel at all? like
2: no I think luckily ever since you know around like the the Trump era I've just I just let the floodgates flow so no one is surprised when I say any anything anymore, especially this because this to me it's like again it's like not an opinion I, I trust science, I believe in the vaccine and if you don't I think you're a fucking idiot and I'll tell you it <laughs> It's not it's not an opinion. you're stupid mm-hmm. Now were right.
1: you like... Uh, you know, a, a mask like, would you yell at people in stores if they didn't have their mask up and shit?
2: No, I'm not a Karen. Sadly, yeah. I'm a little bit too timid. I'm a little too timid from the Midwest. Yeah. But it, it, you know, of course, I'm the I'm the Midwestern person that comes back and I just kind of like, oh, I'm so mad, and I just talk to myself for like an hour, or I'll call my mom and she'll be like, "Oh my gosh, I know, I saw that today too in the grocery store."
0: Do you live in Minnesota now, or no?
2: No, no, I'm in I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, you're in L.A., OK. Um, but there were yeah, there were times during the pandemic where I actually got frustrated um, with certain mask elements because like I love to run and I run by myself and I run outdoors and I run not on the sidewalk anywhere near people. And there was a period in L.A. where people would get so mad at yeah. nobody you know, wearing not wearing a mask, even if you were by yourself outside and like 50 feet away from everyone. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was a level of frustration there for a while where I'm like, oh, my God, please, out of all the people you could yell at, why are you yelling at me right now when I'm running in the middle of the street alone?
1: Oh, exactly. At, at 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So you got you got Karen Dawn.
2: Oh, I did. And I'm like, don't say anything back. Don't do it. So you just,
1: you just ignored it?
2: <laughs> yeah, most of the time.
1: <laughs> Never yes. like, I'm, we're I'm outside. Passing. That's the rule. <laughs>
2: I know, I know, yeah, I would, I, go, <laughs> I know, I know, yeah, it's like, what do you say, if someone's willing to be that loopy, and in, in that early in the morning in that circumstance, I'm like, they're clearly going through it, like, I, That's I don't true. need to engage with that person. Do you think
0: there's a name for, since we know that Karens are, you know, the middle-aged, fucking racist, whatever the fuck they are, what, do you, what are we gonna call... The people who are supposed to be like minded like us who are then yelling at our own
2: selves.
1: Or even yelling you know at what the what I, I think
0: is. Yeah, good. yeah yelling at. Too. Yeah, it's like, is there a new name for that? Or is it all Karen's?
2: I feel like it's gotta be like something Linda? clever. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna say? <laughs> said,
1: <laughs> L- Linda? Linda! You know? Oh, yes, yeah, Lin- stop Linda.
2: That's my aunt's name. Oh, okay, so Of
1: you. course, yeah, right. everyone has an
0: right. aunt Linda. Right. right. Of
2: course. Or maybe it's more of a
0: millennial name.
2: I was thinking something McKenzie. in regards to like a snake eating itself. So like we oh. could go to the Harry Potter origins oh. and go like Voldemort oh. or Tom, Tom's okay, Tom's yes. Riddle.
1: Uh huh. Yes. Riddle. I, in yep. here. I, I feel you. Tom, I got you. And that's Tom. There's Are a riddle. Tom, Tom Riddle is Tom Voldemort. Riddle. Yes. Oh well, Tom would be great. Let's use a man's name. Yeah. Let's use a man. Yeah. Expect- Stop tomming me. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Right. Okay, yeah. Tom. Yeah. Okay, Bye, Tom. Tom.
0: Yeah. Hey, thanks. Tom. Thanks for letting me know, Tom. Yeah. Tommy. Tommy. Okay, Tommy. Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. Uh, Okay. Okay.
1: So on that note, we can't have a YouTube sensation such as yourself on our podcast without talking shit um, about the culture war that's happening on social media. How do you navigate like the two most like aggressive sides? So there's like the conspiracy, you know, even if they're not like absolute QAnon cunts, it's like I have like a lot of. Severely, a lot of family members who can go pretty pretty deep in c- conspiracy land. And then, but then you get to the other side where it's like cancel happy l- liberals. Mm-hmm. and they're fucking annoying, too. Oh. <laughs> so it's and it's like and on social media, it's just like, a, a disgusting casserole nightmare
2: of these people. Casserole. Now you're speaking my language, yeah. Midwestern language right there. Um, so you, your relatives are showing up at the the reincarnation, the re- reincarnation of uh, JFK. Is that what they're <laughs> Yeah, they <out> there? basically, <laughs> I think Cheers.
1: so. I think a few of them would have gone if that had been local. Yeah.
2: God, people are so bored, aren't they? Like, this it's like, don't you have anything better to do? It's wild.
1: I heard at a holiday gathering that... Maybe this whole Gabby Petito, and this is relevant to you since you're on YouTube, that um, the government is doing it, did it to get paid, the b- guy to do it, to get people away from worrying about the vaccine. And this is from someone that, like, <laughs> oh my God. I'm close to. And she she's yeah. a woman. Because you, th- you expect that dipshit stuff from men. No offense, Connor. <laughs> but, like, no, this is a, just, a woman and a young <laughs> so girl. And, y- a, y- you know, she's young. She's like 32 oh and a mother. And I'm God. like, you think the government paid? And then I'm so drunk. I'm just like, yeah, could be. Could be.
2: <laughs> there is a certain tipping point where you get so liberal, liberal where you're like, you know what? Maybe, maybe they're onto something there. Could be. I do hate the government a lot of the time. Yeah. It's yeah. It's funny. The bubbles we get ourselves into, like when you, the first time you realized what was that Netflix documentary about the social, about social media where it, it like, Fully told people the social for experiment. the first time yeah, yeah. The social yeah where it, it fully told people for the first time that they were everything was curated around mm-hmm. them and that they were in social bubbles where like it's like the first time I realized the trending topics that I see on Twitter are tailored to me mm-hmm. if I don't click certain buttons and I think most people don't even know that so I think it's easy for for, you know, like a young girl or for someone who seem, is seemingly inte- intelligent, maybe not men, they're all idiots, um, to to get caught up in that bubble and not realize that they're being fed the same information. They're going down click holes and they're, it, the algorithm is giving them quote unquote what they want. So it's like almost partially not their fault. Hence, it's another story we're going to talk about today. Hence why I think there needs to be more laws around <laughs> that and more regulation around social media and and all of like tiktok scares me to death half the time
1: yeah i mean tiktok that's the worst let's well let's talk shit about facebook we think it's treacherous trash we're not on tiktok (laughs) either but we like to us like facebook is the is the apex the beginning of of the end of the world yeah i mean it's what has ruined everything yeah
2: oh yeah i mean it's pretty horrible it's like i it's it's you know it's a company it's it's out there just to make money it doesn't care about how it affects people it just wants to make a profit at the end of the day and i mean what's crazy is like that has been proven with all the news that's come out about facebook in the last you know two years but like decade in general and yet people still stay on it and people still go to it as their news source even though they know by law like by a criminal case that they took advantage of them it's I like, I don't know what to do about that at that point. <laughs>
1: do you consider ever getting off any of them or are you on them all?
2: I'm on them all. I'm not like <laughs> Facebook. I never post to it. I never update anything about it. Sometimes I'll go on like maybe once every couple weeks just to be, just to literally look if there's anything fed to me within the first five seconds from like a friend. Um, Cause I don't follow a lot of like my college or high school friends on other social platforms so it's, like, that's my only way to get a little insight into that Midwestern bubble. Mm. Um, but nothing else. Like, I never go on Facebook for anything like that. Don't have a Pinterest account. Don't go on Tumblr. Nothing. It's mainly just, like, Instagram and Twitter.
1: And do you do TikTok?
2: I do not. I, I do it pretty liberally. I don't do it. I have no sort of schedule or consistency on there. But I, it's addicting as hell to, like, watch <laughs> TikToks. Yeah. I'm curious
0: to know what your issues your your issues are that you're you're doing on your for your platform when you're getting political or the things that you feel passionate about right now. Like, what are you trying to get the word out about?
2: I mean, it feels like there's a new flavor every month, which is um, kind of the the difficult thing. It's like what I guess not even what do I promote, but what don't I promote? Is becomes a thing of mm. when something when something you know, becomes a really important topic or something becomes like a trendy topic. And it's like, do I participate in this? Is my voice necessary here? Am I just, is it disingenuous for me to just post about it? Cause everyone else is suddenly. So it's that, if there's a conflict there, I post a lot about climate change. Um, I post a lot about obviously elections, um, and anything related to like LGBT rights. Um,
1: well, you talk it, a lot it, 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 about, like, yeah. y- you're really open about, like, your 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 mental health, like, journey, and, like, you struggle with depression. Totally. I wanted depression. Sorry, I, didn't, <laughs> I said depression. Say it again. Um, depression. <laughs> Depressant. I know you've opened up about your depression. Um, <laughs> of course, you're going to have some struggles with depression because you're gay, and that's just, like, going to be a thing that happens. But do, how much do you think, do you contribute that to, like your involvement in social media.
2: I mean, I think I, I feel like it would affect anybody despite, despite the level, like despite it being my job, I still think it affects the average person as well. Cause I mean, we're, we, we as a society have never had to like <laughs> focus so much on ourselves, not like quite literally look at ourselves at all points of every day and compare ourselves constantly. Our appearance, our clothes, our lifestyles, how much money we have, what types of vacations we're going on, all of it. It, we are bumping, guarded with it every single day. And as someone who creates the content on the other side of it, I know it's all fake. Like it's all, it's not that it's, it's not even that it's fake. I just know it's all curated. It's, it's not real because the people are cutting out the, the worst parts of it, or they're editing the ugly parts of the photo, or they're only tweeting about the really happy points in their lives. So people really don't see the full story. And as much as you can be aware of that, it can eat at your mind because you you just you feel that it's real even though you you know it's not and it, I can see how that can affect anybody as someone who creates the content it just you know it's hard to know that like my my job and my success is dependent upon an algorithm and dependent upon something hitting a certain level of views or number of likes. um, And that's when like a company will work with me or that's when a video will be deemed successful or that's when I'll be deemed relevant. And in like that can eat away at your mind. If you think about it too hard, I found my ways to cope with it and to understand and to understand it and to not think about it. But that took time that took effort and that took practice. Mm -hmm.
1: What is it? Exercise, sleep and healthy food.
2: It's a hundred percent. If I, I was just thinking about on my run this morning, I don't know how people, how people function without exercising. Cause that's truly the only way that I get like my, my rush of good dopamine and my rush of good serotonin. All of that is through exercise. If I didn't have that, I feel like I would be fully depressed every day. Mm-hmm. I need that to like have to be up.
1: Do you read all your comments and like replies to your tweets or do you say like, I'm going to tweet this out and then I'm going to, I'm going to abandon it.
2: Most of the time it's I push it out and then I never look at it. I I have a really, really lovely community now. Like it's it's kind of like whittled itself down to like the best of the best and anyone who isn't f- fully dedicated to it kind of has fallen off, which is great because it's 99% of it's positive now. So if I want to look, I can, but I still don't a lot of the time. <laughs>
1: exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, no,
0: that takes a lot of willpower. Well, before we let you go, we have to talk some shit about you. So oh how- <laughs> God! <laughs> now, how the hell do you have three books out before you're thirty? I mean, how are we doing this?
2: Where is this uh, coming I, from, Connor? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's to be fair, it's been over the you know the span of a decade. So it's not like I just put three out in three years. Mm. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I just I started writing books. Back That's when even I was... worse. That means you were a little kid. <laughs> yeah, I was I was like 20 years old when I was writing my first one. And I just enjoyed the process so much that I said, hey, here's a pitch for a second one. And then they accepted it. And then for this third one, I was like, hey, I've been writing a third one. Would you want to option it? And they said, yes. So it just like just happens. Do you I, read? I, I... Do you read a lot? I read a lot of short form. I listen to a lot of books and listen to a lot oh, okay. of podcasts. Thank
1: you. Thank you. I always it's say hard. writers don't read. You're it's not
2: really hard for me to focus. Not, it genuinely is so hard.
1: You're not really supposed to read. Yes. Yes. Because yes. it'll you want that. I think that's why you're so I mean, honestly, prolific. Yeah, I mean, that's good. Interesting. And, and the book, the, the newest book looks like really dope. Like, first of all, I love the title. I love the Thank title.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's very, uh, I mean, it's dark, but the meaning behind it isn't meant to be dark. It's meant to be more hopeful, but people see it as kind of confusing and a little bit like a child of arson or something. Well, as
0: someone whose house has burnt down, I will say, you then... (laughs) The thing about it is that when I see anything that says house fires, I immediately think of our house burning down, but then the thing is, is that you get a new house. And... It's one inch bigger than the old house and you have dimmers and hardwood floors. So I'm just saying house fires to me is a very positive phrase, even though it seems that's why I'm saying like, I know what you mean. It seems dark, but it isn't because it's
2: rebirth. Exactly. And that was the point that I was trying to get across as I was I was writing about all these, you know, slightly dark and sometimes traumatic experiences, but The way that I always got through them was by, you know, moving my way to the next thing and like breaking something down and building myself up and burning something to the ground and watching, you know, like the forest grow from where the ashes once were. So it's this series that I found myself in that I'm like, oh, it's kind of like, you know, a house. It's very comforting. I feel so safe in it. And then something traumatic happens. But on the other (laughs) side of it, I always flourish a little bit brighter from that poor experience.
1: How is the book arranged?
2: It's arranged uh, so it's it's poetry, it's uh, film photographs, and it's short essays. So it kind of it, it 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 lends well to to someone like me who can't sit there and, and read tons of blocks of text for like hours on end. <laughs> yes, so you'll you'll get yes. hit with like a ten you'll get hit with yes. a ten page essay. You'll be alleviated by a couple beautiful film photos you'll be hit with a little just tasting menu of poetry and then you'll fall back into the cycle and it keeps going.
0: Oh, it's <laughs> an ADD person's yeah. dream. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you get me. Oh, do I <laughs> do? I?
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. It was so nice meeting you.
2: It's lovely chatting with you too. Thanks for having me. Tell
1: oh. our 14 listeners where they can find you on the toxic internet.
2: You can find me all across the toxic internet. Unfortunately, it's at Connor Franta. That's O-R, the only way to spell Connor, Franta on all social platforms. You can go pick up a copy of my book for the holidays. It's a great gift.
0: And it's called House Fires. Yes.
1: Thank you again so
2: much. No, thank you.
1: Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet republicans the low-key terrorist al q cunts the calculated corporate climate killers and the vindictive virtue signaling liberal losers <laughs> we are all somewhere on that spectrum fighting for our team to win the race of rights in america and even though every week brings us closer and closer to a civil war It's Julie's So There's That, which gives us all hope that maybe we won't have to go to war against our cousins and our weird neighbors. (laughs) Maybe one important person will get assassinated and the whole fucking country will snap out of it and we'll all band together and just blame China like we used to. Did you find anything like that, Mao Mao, for this week? I wish. I wish. I came close. (laughs) I came
0: so close. Um, You know, even though we did take a week off, And even though I did come close to finding that, 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 that perfect sentiment, (laughs) I'm just, I'm finding it difficult to highlight anything good between the Republican Gestapo and Omicron Variant <laughs> And everything in between I just want to lay down And watch Mary to Medicine And win the lottery And move to Sweden And inherit an archipelago Where a series of cozy murders take place And upon solving such crimes I end up a successful author Who not only solves An exorbitant amount of murders In one small town But also wins pie contests, Has ten purebred cats And lives the life of a tortured spinster What a wonderful dream But alas I'm stuck here Constantly looking for good news
1: Living the life of a tortured spinster
0: <laughs> Also true <laughs> when the true murder is of my soul <laughs> just kidding now this week took a very grotesque and awful turn but there is a sort of silver lining possibly which is
1: what a so there's that is
0: that's right so we're gonna go through it <laughs> or maybe it's a more of a long overdue lining that could be a turning point in the grotesque fight for guns gun control and school shootings now no, I don't think it's that but
1: <laughs> I don't think it's gonna go that far
0: well on November 30th a fucked up 15 year old incel little fuckbag walked into Oxford High School in Michigan with a gun his fuckbag parents bought him because they're asshole trumper MAGA Republican racist losers who created a monster and I hope they all die and yes I said what I said I know he's a kid and I don't care Ethan Crumbly and Kyle Rittenhouse can go drown in a gutter of white dicks and so can their parents anywho This pile of shit isn't the only issue, however, Uh, obviously the fact that the formerly arrested dad with the DUI (laughs) could go into a store and buy a semi-automatic handgun and then give it to his woman-hating son could potentially be an issue. Call me crazy. I can default on a credit card payment one time and have more consequences than people who either hurt other people, have a criminal record, are terrible parents, drive drunk, hit their kids, beat their wife, or whatever, and they can Kristen Jizima right into a gun store and be given a semi automatic weapon. Cause liberty, second amendment, oh my off. Well, Ethan Crumbly, that's his name. That's so weird. That's his name. The 15 year old son of two drunkard trash bags has been showing. He's so- not our son. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Good one. He has been showing signs of conflict and violence for sure one full day before the shooting, but we also know also before that, but the day before the shooting is the important day.
1: You look weird, you're going to be weird. Also, that there wasn't a person in the school that didn't know he right. was, you know, a problem. Right.
0: Not just that his shit fuck parents bought him the gun he used for the shooting. And he posted a picture of it on Instagram when he was gifted the killing machine and said something such as, I'm so excited for my new amazing baby. Just like barf, like literally a semi-automatic handgun. His mother bought him and he put it on Instagram after a day of the two of them
1: going to a shooting range
0: and him shooting shit with his dad. And I'm sure everyone
1: at his school who doesn't follow him was like, "Ew, he has one follower. (laughs) Does he even go here? The
0: day before the shooting, Crumbly was in class looking for ammunition on his cell phone, and he was caught. The school let the parents know, and uh, the mother then texted her son, LOL, I'm not mad, just don't get caught next time. (sighs) Crumbly explained the ammunition was just for like their family shooting hobby fun time. So the school was like, okay. Next day, he went to school with the gun in his backpack. He wrote a note in the morning, uh, also caught, which said he had violent thoughts. He drew bloody pictures. And on the note, it literally said, help me.
1: Uh, didn't he say, I want to kill everyone here. I want to kill
0: everyone here. Help me. He got sent to the guidance counselor and the parents got called in. They said The guidance counselor asked Crumbly, is this how you feel? He said, no, I'm just just drawing stuff for a video game. And the guidance counselor was I'm, like... He said
1: a video game I'm creating. Because when I look at that, that kid's mugshot, I think, you know what? He's a he's a prolific <laughs> yeah. video game creator. <laughs> so Seems guy, like he's really good at yeah. creating software and he's, different algorithms. He HTML. And, yeah. So the guidance counselor was
0: like, okay, and told the parents, you know what? Maybe you should take him home because I don't think anyone feels safe. <laughs> Maybe mo- you should
1: keep <laughs> him there. And
0: you should kill him. And yeah, then the and mother... Kill <laughs> and then kill
1: yourself. So the
0: mother... <laughs> Was like, no, I want him to stay in school. So they had no, apparently they couldn't legally force the kid to leave.
1: Even the mom didn't want to hang out
0: with him. Exactly. So he, So the mother says he wants him to stay in school. The guidance counselor says, well, that's okay, fine. But you got to get him into therapy within 48 hours. So the mom was like, whatever. So he leaves the office, goes to the bathroom and comes out shooting. Now, three kids are dead, one and one teacher, and several, like 10 or 12 other people were injured.
1: And that's what I just want to say really quick in the middle of your So there's that. Okay. Harkening back to us talking about Ken and his gay feelings. Yes. About the Rittenhouse trial. Go on. I feel like what gets lost in, in, in the wave of our inability, our literal, and I mean literal, inability to have compassion for these people who do this. Mm-hmm. We hate them. Yes. We hate We hate Kyle Rittenhouse and everything he represents. We hate this kid. Yes. And but what happens when in our inability to to have compassion is an inability to desire to find a way to like, like Ken said, to stop ignoring this lost, disenfranchised, sexless, gross portion of society right and then what happens is we ignore them and we ignore them and we ignore <laughs> them and now four people are dead right and Kyle Rittenhouse kills those people and it's like and then these parents are just sitting there like some you know douchebag virgin just like my kid's gone and so it's like there has to be a way to, to for for all of us so filled with hate to like I don't know but there uh, there there are solutions there that aren't just gun control it's got to be like Oh my Even God! The just,
0: level of rehab they need right. for like social interaction right, and not right, right. to hate women and right. to not think they're entitled to sex and to yes. not have a hero complex when it comes to guns and also not feel that, entitled to having a gun. Yes, and
1: there's a million things and it can start young and there needs to be a test that you take yeah. where somebody goes, Oh, you're on the spectrum. You take this test. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're. Uh, You're dyslexic. You take that test. Oh, you, you know, you're whatever. There's a thousand tests we all take, mental health tests. Go take one. Turns out, sweetie, you're an incel. Get into this program. You're now in this program.
0: Yeah, that's great. There needs to be an incel program. You're right. A national
1: incel program. National incel program. There really does. And then everybody needs to be tested. And those people need to be tested. And those people need to not be given guns.
0: 100%. That's absolutely right. And adults need to be tested too. You know what? All men need to be tested.
1: Yeah. Solved it.
0: Solved it. Solved it. High five. (laughs) So here's where we start to sort of slightly turn the tides. Now, I think this might could potentially be the beginning of what you're suggesting. The one thing that hasn't happened, whether it's school shootings or even Kyle Rittenhouse, which is not a school shooting. Kyle Rittenhouse was thought he was being a protector. But what's happened is that they... um, The only people that get charged are those kids. Right. Like
1: the guy who did Sandy Hook. Correct. Like, bro, you're in the street. Right. You're shooting guns in the street. Every neighbor is like, oh, God, that incel douche is in the street again. They (laughs) call the FBI. The FBI does nothing. The parents don't do anything. And we're all sitting around like, why is is nobody else liable for this?
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, um, they arrested Ethan Crumbly and they charged him with... Premeditated mur- murder, terrorism, and several accounts of assault, which is already a, a step in the right direction. Just uh, a giving, um, charging him with terrorism alone is pretty cool. So and that's also, not something that they usually no, do. No, and also um, premeditated murder, which is good. He planned it, even though he's fifteen. The motherfucker planned the shit, and he's premeditated murder, terrorism, and the, the accounts of assault. Now he's going to be tried as an adult. As an adult, so he's he's. he's removed from so he's now he's gone but this alone would be something newsworthy for the fact that they're in my opinion charging him with terrorism and premeditated murder but they're also charging the parents oh yeah so this is where things get interesting the prosecutor of oakland county where the shooting took place has decided to bring up charges of man four counts of manslaughter per parent for the people that got killed per each of the shitbag parents so um Karen McDonald, um Karen <laughs> McDonald is the name of the the prosecutor said the Crumbleys were culpable in the year's quote unquote deadliest school shooting because they had allowed their son access to a handgun while ignoring glaring warning signs that he was on the brink
1: of violence. I guess in this case we're going to say now Karen. Well, uh, we're getting to that.
0: <laughs> so, law enforcement officials said that the parents had gone missing on Friday afternoon. After they saw that their stupid incel son shot everyone, the fucking parents fled. Wow. So because they knew oh, they, they knew. So this led to a manhunt that involved the county's fugitive apprehension team, FBI agents and the United States Marshals. Saturday morning after receiving a tip, the police arrested the parents, finding them in a commercial building in Detroit in some studio that an artist owns. Some fucking artist guy was like. Yeah you want to pay whatever to use my loft It's cool and yeah. they were in there
1: I love that they needed a tip That's how we know the old van murder is oh, oh, Out there yeah, somewhere exactly. like you needed a tip Right how could you not find these cretins Exactly lawyers for the parents Said the crumblies had not fled but had
0: left Town for their son's safety and were Planning to return for the arraignment uh, Okay so just They had lies. the son with them no They oh, okay. did not they it's just re- they're Fucking just assholes The charges against the parents are really good news, because up until now, only these incels are charged, if they're alive, and no one else remains responsible or culpable. These are kids, and certainly not all parents are always liable for everything your shitty kid does. However, in this case, it's clear these parents not only directly contributed to Ethan Crumbly's shooting and killing, but they created him entirely. School shootings mass shootings are not done by people in their right minds and the thing is the long chain of people not in their right minds has to be explored and everyone in that chain has to hold some accountability. Yes. If I go to a bar and I get drunk and drive I can literally hold the bartender accountable. Why it is that entitled, mentally oppressed Americans feel it is their right on every corner and in every way to carry a gun is beyond me. But since we're clearly going to lose abortion rights before these people kill us all with their guns, then let's at least start shooting down the chain of command. The parents of Ethan Crumbly are now in jail, even though they plead not guilty. They were arrested and charged and are going to have to go through the process of justice. Now, I don't hold out hope. They're going to be held accountable. But the fact that this prosecutor, Karen, is trying to do this, my hope is it will set a precedent. And maybe some of the other shitbag parents in the future will think twice before buying their shitbag incel son a semi-automatic weapon. And at the end of the day, we've been introduced to a new American legal hero (laughs) named Karen McDonald, giving Karens their integrity back Finally. So there's that. Well, that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics.
1: Thank you guys for listening to our stupid, stupid podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not. I don't know how anyone would like us up to this episode. But if you'd rather not hear about politics, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. We do two a week every week. They're both an hour and we post them on Sunday. So you'll have all week to listen to them. You can start fresh on right on Monday morning. That's right. That shit.
0: They're a dollar each. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to our huge back catalog, which has hundreds of hours of stupid, stress-free ad-free podcasts. If you're curious to see what it's like, you can listen to a free episode right now called windows up. Sing time.
1: The link to the free episode is below this podcast in the description. Or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and there's a button on every page that says click to listen to our free Patreon episode. You can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or computer. You don't have to download anything or sign up for anything. Just click on the little button and just listen. Just see if you like it. And as always, it's been real (laughs) and it's been fun.
0: But mostly, it's been gay and it's been dumb.
1: And Connor Franta. Smart and gay.
0: How'd you do, I... How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem alright. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from
2: transsexual Transylvania. (laughs) Why don't you?
1: Transvestida,
0: transsexual Transylvania.
2: Transvestite. So come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with
1: anticipation.